The story is told about a, a certain county agent that needed to go see a farmer about important business. And he went out to the farmer's place, and he walked up this long dirt road that led to the farmer's house. And he couldn't help but notice the signs that were posted on either side of this road. Things like, trespassers will be shot, beware of dog, electrified fence, protected by Smith & Wesson, keep out, this means you. Needless to say, this county agent was a little concerned about continuing up this path, but the business was important, and he continued on his way until he finally got up on the porch and hesitantly knocked at the door. And he was greeted by a very congenial and a smiling, warm-hearted gentleman who invited him to come down and sit on the porch, offered him a cup of coffee, and there for over the next hour they sat and talked about the business at hand, after which time... The county agent mentioned that he needed to get back to town, and so he got up ready to leave, and the farmer said, oh, uh, by the way, when you're out this way again, why don't you stop by for a visit? I don't get many visitors up here, and I really don't know why. You know, if we posted those signs outside, we wouldn't be considered really a hospitable church, especially beware of big dog. It bites. Hospitality hospitality. I want to talk to you today about the door of hospitality that leads into this church, a door by which many of our members and our family and friends who have been coming to Centenary for years and years and years, they walk through that door. But the door swings both ways, as I mentioned to you, and there are others that go through that door of hospitality, those who are seeking and searching for something, those who are hurting and lonely and lost, those who are trying to find stability in their lives, or or those who are simply curious about what goes on inside these walls. All of them walk through that door of hospitality. Now, I need to tell you at the outset that hospitality is not a tea party for friends. It is not a suite at the business convention. It is not an association of restaurant owners, and it's not even a committee of greeters here at the church. Hospitality is a spiritual discipline. It is a moral obligation for all of us to practice hospitality. In fact, hospitality is just as important as prayer, worship, and Bible study. It is a part of who we are supposed to be as followers in Jesus Christ. In fact, it is a dynamic expression of vibrant Christianity. We are called to practice hospitality, to be hospitable, to offer hospitality one to another and to those that we don't even know. The church is called to create a safe place, a place where people are encouraged to set aside their occupations and their preoccupations and to come in here and to listen and to be loved with one another and with God. It is the mission of the church, this church and every church, to bring people together who do not know one another, and yet we share something common here in Jesus Christ. Hospitality is the instrument, the attitude, the action by which all of this takes place. We want to be a place where people say, yes, yes, I'm glad you're here. Yes, I'm glad to see you today. Yes, I want to know you just a little bit better. 
story is told about uh, Thomas Jefferson. He was riding with an entourage, and they came to a river that they were getting ready to cross, and on the bank was a gentleman who was looking to the other side. Obviously, he'd had no way to get across the river. So he finally looked up at Thomas Jefferson and said, can you give me a ride? And Thomas Jefferson, being who he was, reached down with his arm, and the man grabbed hold, and he pulled him up onto his horse, and he rode this man across the river. And when he got to the other side, the assistants who were with Thomas Jefferson criticized the man for having the audacity to ask the President of the United States for a ride. The man said, I didn't know he was the President of the United States. I just know that there are people who have a yes face and a no face. And Thomas Jefferson had a yes face. So I asked him for a ride. You know what my prayer is for Centenary United Methodist Church? is that from the parking lot to the pews, we will always be filled with yes faces. Faces that welcome others into our very midst. Let's look just a little at the concept of hospitality. And first of all, the thing I want to remind you is that the Bible reminds us that we are not to set ourselves above others. When we are together as people of God, we ought to give place and space to others. And I guess that's why nobody ever sits down here on the front row, because they're afraid of getting too close to me, I guess. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. But we need to give place and space to others in this church. Proverbs puts it this way, do not exalt yourself. Do not claim a place. And the writer of the book of Hebrews puts it this way, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And in today's, in today's gospel reading from Luke, the parable is about wedding guests. If you go further up into the chapter, this 14th chapter, Jesus is talking about the fact that you better be, a pre be prepared to experience some embarrassment if you race into a gathering and you take the seat of honor. If you think the special seat up front is just for you, because you will be embarrassed when the host comes and asks you to move because someone of a greater honor needs to sit in that place. None of us should race toward the front or toward the place of honor. All of us should be willing to give space to another. And then Christ finishes out in these verses that we read today when he talks to the same person and he says, to be truly hospitable, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite the same old friends. Instead, gather people who can never repay you. The poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Luke is reminding us there are no throwaways in the gospel. There are no throwaways in the kingdom. Everybody is worthy of our attention and our greeting, and no one doesn't deserve to be welcomed to have hospitality, your hospitality and my hospitality. Now on the, surface, when you, on the surface, when you read this chapter, it just looks like good social manners, something that we need to apply at weddings. But deep down inside when you read it, it's actually a calling to be genuinely hospitable one to another. And besides that, there's even a brighter message in the fact that it shows God's hospitality to each and every one of us, a hospitality which God showed through the ministry of His Son, Jesus Christ. 
So what is this door of hospitality? What is this door that leads into the church? The first thing I have to tell you is that there is a difference between hospitality and entertaining. There's a difference. When you entertain somebody, you say, come into my house. Admire all my beautiful possessions. Enjoy the scrumptious food that I have laid out for you and worked over a week to prepare. See how perfectly neat and tidy and clean my house is. Come and listen to my views and my thoughts. Entertaining is hard. It's stressful. It perpetuates the myth that we are trying to be perfect when we're not. We put up a facade to say we manage our lives perfectly and our children are perfectly obedient and disciplined. That doesn't happen. And usually entertaining comes with the unsaid expectation that you are to reciprocate. Geez, I entertained you last week. When are you going to invite me to your house so I can be entertained? Hospitality is totally different, completely different. We do not seek to portray any type of perfect image. We want people to love us in our weakness, to relax with us, and enjoy our company. It's like if we all came to church today and wore our favorite pajamas and our fuzzy bathroom slippers. Please don't do that. But that's what it's like. We should feel comfortable with one another. We should enjoy each other's presence. We should be able to share with each other and relax like the agent and the farmer on the porch. We should experience true hospitality within the walls of this church and, in fact, within our community. And an even deeper meaning of hospitality is to understand that the word emerges from two other words that you are uniquely familiar with. Hospice and hospital. The word hospice, of course, means shelter. And the word hospital is a place of healing. Now, that gives you an opportunity to examine your words and your actions. When someone comes into this church, especially if it's a stranger, do your words and your actions present a feeling of shelter? Do your words and your actions present a feeling of healing? to somebody. How hospitable are you to your family and friends and to those that you don't even know? You can even push the word hospice to the limits when you're talking about hospitality. As we all know, hospice usually refers to a special kind of care, a place meant for people who have terminal illnesses. And in the church, we need to remember that we deal with one another every weekend with fellow church members, with visitors, with friends in the community. And there are those among us that are dying, dying spiritually. They are dying on the inside, and for whatever reason, Christ calls us to be hospitable. Some are dying just to know someone, just to have a friend. Some are dying just to feel connected. They don't feel like they belong to the human race anymore. Some are dying to be affirmed, to be lifted up, because they have the weary feeling that they amount to absolutely nothing. Some are dying to be touched, perhaps just by a kind word or by a smile. 
All of these people need hospice care. They need the hospitality of the church because inwardly they are dying. They need a place of shelter. And they need a place of healing. If that's not the church, what is? One of my favorite quotes that I picked up in seminary and I've used a number of times is that the church is not a country club, it's a hospital. Now I know sometimes we look at the church as a country club. As a group, we decide things that we want. We love the beauty and the structure. There are things that we want. But the church has never been, nor will it ever be, a country club. In the beginning, in the end, in the future, it's a hospital. It's a hospital for broken, suffering, dying souls. And it may be beautiful in nature. But people come in here to know the grace and the mercy and the love that is Jesus Christ because they are suffering and they are in such pain. Think about what Paul said in Romans. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yet sinners. God didn't withhold his hospitality until we straightened ourselves out. While we were sinners, Christ was hospitable toward us by going to the cross, by dying for us in our place. Christ didn't refuse to acknowledge us. He didn't stop talking to us. He didn't withhold information about God's love. In Christ, we make eye-to-eye contact with God. The Word becomes flesh, and we literally look into the eyes of God. And looking into His eyes, we finally feel sheltered and healed. Looking at the cross... We know we are healed because we are cleansed and forgiven by the love and the blood of Jesus Christ. And that cross enables us to practice a divine hospitality. Paul is reminding us that Christ fulfilled the lesson of this parable. Christ who was first became last so that we who are last can become first. We are empowered by the cross of Jesus Christ. And as a church and as individuals, we should all have our own ministries of hospitality. Now, I don't know what your ministry of hospitality is. I don't even know what your talents are. I don't even know you. Oh, somebody moved that step. What's your hospitality? Some of you may be really extroverted. You may have absolutely no problem saying, hi, how you doing? Great to have you here today. Thanks for coming to Centenary. You know, you could sell snow cones to Eskimos, you know. But a lot of you may not be that way. Perhaps you're more introverted in nature, but you can still be hospitable. You know, sometimes a pleasant good morning and a smile. Sometimes offering a cup of coffee to someone or perhaps inviting someone to your Sunday school class is a way of being hospitable and offering shelter and healing to another individual. We all have ministries of hospitality in this church, and all of us should be exercising those ministries, taking the initiative to always show hospitality. And not simply to the people we know, but to strangers. I can't emphasize that enough. My brothers and my sisters, we are here to serve, not to be served. We are here to invite not simply to show up and enjoy. We are here to serve, not to be served. We are here to invite, not simply to show up. 
When you show the kindness to strangers, those who are in need, those who are hurting, those who are lost, then you are exercising what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. When you reach out to another, when you reach out to a stranger with the love of Christ, you are doing exactly what Christ has done for each of us. That divine example of hospitality. If we follow him like we say we do, then we should take that example to heart. And we should share the love of Jesus Christ with others. As I finish, let me give you a story today. The story is about a woman named Pauline. She attended a small inner city church in Dayton. And most people who knew her said she was damaged goods. Pauline lived in a shelter a couple of blocks away from the church. And she became a real test for that church about Christian hospitality. She smelled of urine and sweat. She often slipped out of the shelter before her caretakers could ever give her a bath and made her way down to the church. There were those in the church that just wished she'd just keep right on walking past the building, but almost every Sunday she was there for worship. And you could tell Pauline was there because when she entered that door of hospitality, hi, good to see you. She had a loud voice. You knew when Pauline was around. She always sat in the front. You wouldn't miss her knit cap or her heavy woolen overcoat. Most people made sure they didn't sit beside her. They didn't want to catch the odor that emanated from her clothes and from her body. And yet there were some in the church that were truly glad that Pauline was there. They felt that showing hospitality to strangers is exactly what the church is supposed to be about. It's exactly the example that Jesus has given us. And with Pauline present, you could never forget that call of hospitality. There was one gentleman that really enjoyed her. Matter of fact, he said, Pauline is Christ's gift to this church. And he was serious about that. He was the kind of person, or she was the kind of person, he thought, that Christ would want to reach out to and entertain. And that's who Christ calls the church to reach out to and to entertain. Pauline often tried to praise patience of people in the church. After the morning worship service, there was a, a, a coffee hour. And she'd go out, and she would get coffee, and then she would interrupt people's conversations. Hi, I'm Pauline. She used to stuff the heavy overcoat with donuts and cakes, even though she was diabetic. Matter of fact, there was one lady who brought fruit one day for her because she thought that would be healthier for Pauline. And Pauline took a piece of pineapple and put it in her coat. Then she went back to the donuts and the cakes. So Pauline had a way of getting on your nerves. She could try your patience. And inevitably, on every Sunday, Pauline would stop during that reception area out there and say, I want to sing for the church. I want to lead the church in a song. Needless to say, nobody wanted that. A lot of people didn't want Pauline in the church, much less see her up here leading the entire congregation in a song. But finally, the gentleman I mentioned to you had befriended Pauline, who thought she was a wonderful gift from Christ. He went to the pastor and convinced the pastor that Pauline should be allowed to come up and sing her song. 
And so the Sunday came. Pauline stood up in front of the entire congregation that morning and sang that old hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Her voice wasn't the greatest. She was still shabbily dressed, and she smelled high heaven. But no one could doubt the sincerity and the love in her heart when she sang that hymn, especially when she reached the second verse of that hymn. I love thee because thou hast first loved me. And purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I My Jesus, tis now. There wasn't a dry eye in that congregation. She was indeed Christ's gift to the church. A church that learned what it meant to walk through a door of hospitality. I love thee because thou hast first loved me. And if I ever love thee, my Jesus, tis now. My brothers and my sisters, we were once all strangers. That's the gospel. And while we were still strangers, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's who we are. And that's what we desperately need to be about, through that door of hospitality, reaching out to others who desperately want to know the love and the grace and the mercy that is Jesus Christ. That's who we are as a church. And that's what we need to be about. Would you bow your heads with me, please?